This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Tourniquets save lives. And while the increased use of tourniquets has raised survival rates and reduced the need for blood transfusions, there are still many situations where tourniquets could be used but are not. We have a long ways to go. People that work in malls, people that work in schools, people that work in theaters, they have to know how to do this. And so we still have to do a lot of education. Then, from time to time, every one of us faces difficulties in life. How we deal with these situations makes all the difference. We'll hear from an expert. Life is cyclical for us. We don't get better and better at this. That's not even possible. What we do is that we keep having to deal with what life throws at us. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. A common cause of death when there's traumatic injury is uncontrolled blood loss. The use of a tourniquet in those cases can boost survival rates. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has the story. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Ray Henry, MD, is General Surgery Chief Resident at Los Angeles County and USC Medical Center, and he was the lead author of this study. Dr. Henry, I understand your study is the first of its kind, and you set out to determine whether tourniquet use was increasing over time at the local level in Los Angeles County. What did you find? Tourniquet studies have been performed several places, and we've been able to show pretty clearly that tourniquet use does improve patient outcomes, but this is the first study of its kind to show that tourniquet use in a specific geographical area, and in this case Los Angeles County, has been increasing since a lot of policy measures and courses have gone into place in the past 10 years. Yeah, can you touch on that a bit? Why has tourniquet use been increasing in Los Angeles County where you perform this study? Partially, I think it's because the public is getting more familiar with the concept of placing a tourniquet. Tourniquets historically have been used since the earliest wars, but their use in the civilian setting has always been a little slower because people are uncomfortable with the process, are worried that they're going to cause more injuries, they just don't know how to do it. But with interventions such as the Stop the Bleed training that came out of the unfortunate mass shootings such as Sandy Hook and the bombings in Boston, the use of tourniquets has increased exponentially because people are learning how to do them and are being encouraged by emergency medical services and physicians. So you think that increased tourniquet use is happening all over the U.S., not just where you did this study? Correct. You know, unfortunately, it's really hard to prove that because the way that data is collected across the U.S. is so fragmented. But we believe that Los Angeles County is pretty representative of what's happening on a national level because we have such a unique population. We have extremely urban areas and we have some very rural areas. And we've noted that tourniquet use was increasing pretty much across the board. I understand another important factor, though, was access to a nearby trauma center. Talk about that for a moment, why that's so important. Yeah, placing a tourniquet in and of itself will prevent a patient from dying from hemorrhage within the first 30 to 60 minutes, but it's still very important to have that definitive management. Inevitably, you know, if you leave a tourniquet on for too long, 
that limb will suffer and could be completely compromised. So being able to get the patient somewhere where a vascular or trauma surgeon can repair the vessel, stop the hemorrhage, and resuscitate the patient is key. Can you give us maybe a few specific scenarios of when tourniquet use was an important factor in saving a life when perhaps it may not have been used in the past? Yeah, so, you know, very interesting. After this study was published, I had a lot of people reach out to me about situations where a tourniquet was placed by a bystander. For example, a coworker, an old coworker of mine, an ER nurse, was working in a yard and got his hand cut by like a weed whacker. His wife swiftly saw that there was hemorrhage. She took his belt and wrapped it around his arm, uh, proximal, just more close to his heart, and another tourniquet after the area that had been injured, and she was able to stop the bleeding. I think a lot of people used to just say, well, just put pressure on it, hoping that, you know, just by going to the point of injury, they would be able to stop the bleeding. Unfortunately, there's a lot of bleeding that occurs in the tissue that you can't see when you do that. And this is a good example of ways that public education has improved outcomes for people. Yeah, it sounds like public education is improving, but do you think the average American really knows how to properly apply a tourniquet and I guess maybe has the confidence to do that? Yeah, unfortunately, we have a long ways to go. Compared to 10 years ago, we've probably improved public knowledge five to tenfold, but that was from a pretty low baseline. I think we still have a ways to go in uh, making sure that people in fields where injuries like this can occur have the knowledge. Also in public spaces, as we all know, with the increase in mass shootings, people that work in malls, people that work in schools, people that work in theaters, they have to know how to do this. And so we still have to do a lot of education. As far as the technique, that isn't too difficult, but there are some key steps that people need to learn. And I think that we can get this disseminated pretty quickly and get people to learn how to do it. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Ray Henry, General Surgery Chief Resident at Los Angeles County and USC Medical Center, and he was the lead author of this study regarding tourniquets. Dr. Henry, how long can a tourniquet be left on without doing any lasting damage from cutting off circulation? We like to have the tourniquets off within, you know, an hour or two hours. You can leave a tourniquet up for up to four hours, but you will start to have some injury to the tissue by then. So generally, surgeons, we like to know that the tourniquet is down by two hours. Should there be any concern about perhaps maybe losing a limb if a tourniquet is applied or it's on too long? Our data and research showed that pretty conclusively, the rates of amputations after tourniquets were placed were essentially the same whether you had a tourniquet placed or not. So concern for limb loss or damage to a limb, that should not keep people from applying a tourniquet when they think that one is required. Another concern that a bystander may have is, is there any potential legal liability in terms of applying a tourniquet to a stranger? It's tough. I think that Good Samaritan law protects pretty much everybody in cases where there's good faith and there appears to be a life-threatening injury. Of course, you want to make sure that you have the consent of whoever you're doing the procedure on. But if you are concerned that the patient is hemorrhaging from a wound, it's better safe than sorry. Apply the tourniquet, call 911, get EMS there, and they'll be able to quickly assess whether the patient needed the tourniquet or not. So you're an expert. Give us just your basic advice on what to do, how to do it in terms of applying a tourniquet. If you come across a life-threatening injury from a bleed to the arms or legs, 
anywhere beyond the shoulder or beyond the groin, and it's either to yourself or to someone else, you can quickly grab anything that you can wrap around the extremity. So if the patient's wearing a belt, you can use the belt. If there's some string even around, if there's rope, you can take a sock or any clothes that you've got. The first thing you want to do is apply pressure to the wound itself to see if it stops, because if it does, then it might be a minor bleed. If that doesn't work, you can go ahead and tie the tourniquet up just proximal, so that is closer to the heart, to the wound. Don't put it across a joint because it'll not work. So if the injury is right below the knee, put the tourniquet right above the knee and tighten it until the bleeding stops, essentially. If the person that's having this bleed says that it hurts, you're doing the right thing. It's supposed to hurt. If that doesn't work, you can apply another tourniquet just beyond the injury. Sometimes the issue is that the veins that go back to the heart are bleeding. If that doesn't work, you can apply another tourniquet above your first tourniquet. So up to three tourniquets can be used. Leave them on until an expert can assess. If someone is interested in getting more in-depth training, where would you direct them? The American College of Surgeons has a course. It's called Stop the Bleed, and it's one that, as I mentioned, we developed after the Hartford consensus, which occurred after the Sandy Hook shooting. You can go online to the American College of Surgeons and search for Stop the Bleed. Locations for courses should be listed there. Dr. Ray Henry, General Surgery Chief Resident at Los Angeles County and USC Medical Center, thank you very much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, how to cope with life's darkest moments. That story, coming up. Stick around, there's more InfoTrack straight ahead.